It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. It is I, like always, your host, Jacob DeLores, my tag team partner, Cedric Wilson, is firing shotgun with me. You're listening to this episode on a Monday, so that can only mean one thing. There's an interview. We got a guest. Somebody is nice enough to step in and tag team and team with the podcast tag team champions. Said, how are you doing today? And go ahead and introduce our nice guest since you got this one today. We're great, man. I'm doing solid. It's a beautiful afternoon, and we got a special guest with us. We got Mr. Ray Vaughn, who actually used to be a part of WWE PR, Mr. Ray Vaughn Hill, who also is a gaming uh, publicist, gaming entertainment publicist, very big, knowledgeable wrestling fan, and wants to be known as the greatest wrestling fan in the world today. Ray Vaughn, how you doing? Facts. I'm good. How are you? Doing good, man. Thank you for joining us. And just a little backstory, uh, me and Ray Bond actually did a guest spot on Touchdowns and Tangents podcast about maybe three, four weeks ago now. Um, that's where I met him. But he decided to jump on the bandwagon to come with the podcast tag team chaps over here on the Believe in NXT podcast and bless us with his knowledge. You're Not welcome. a doubt. And we appreciate you joining us. And before we hop into things, like always, make sure you like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, App Podcasts Will Travel. I'm at underscore J Della. Said is at said underscore says that is C E double D underscore S A Y S. And last but not least, the network that has yet to cancel us despite says best efforts to get us fired, the Believe Podcast Network. They are at Believe Podcast. Believe is spelled B L E A V podcast all one word and mr ray vaughn if you want to go ahead and give out your social media handles feel free uh you can find me on instagram at ray vaughn 865 that's r-a-y-v-o-n 865 that's pretty much it i'm not really on on the twitter on the twitter <laughs> if you talk, listen to talk of jericho you'll get that reference and without further ado we got a lot to get to right. a lot to talk about i'm here to piss off said today so i figured that's let's go ahead and get into that's it normal. so before we started recording mr ravon let us know that hey he's a huge fan of women's wrestling so this is going to be a women's wrestling heavy episode but if you've been listening to believe in nxt for the past 50 plus episodes you know we love our women's wrestling we champion women's wrestling every chance we get we praise nxt for having multiple women's stories going at once and this past week was Great American Bash. You had Sasha and Io. Sasha and Bailey have been running around all three brands. Asuka's been doing her thing during quarantine. She's been the quarantine MVP, according to me, and said. And Charlotte's been doing a bit. She's the former NXT champ. She had her little run. Becky's gone for maternity leave for the foreseeable future, which brings us to this point of contention that me and said have had for about the past two weeks or so. There's four horsewomen. Sasha. Charlotte, oh. Becky, and Bailey. You have to rank them. And I have ranked them. Sasha 1A, Charlotte 1B. You can flip-flop those, and I'm not going to argue, depending upon Malarkey. the day. That is not what you said. <laughs> yeah, it is. I said I won't argue, depending upon the day, because Sasha's a better wrestler. Charlotte is a better ring general. So whichever one you take preference over, go right ahead. Third, 
was Becky simply because she was a better character. Fourth is Bailey because nothing from Bailey's discography, or in this case, match catalog, really slaps at first memory. And if you need proof, go back and listen to last Saturday's episode. I'm sorry, two Saturdays ago. No, no, (laughs) two Saturdays ago, where we were sitting here discussing Sasha and Bailey, and I said, said, name a Sasha match without Bailey that slaps. That is a banger. That is a classic. You rattled off like three that quick. Like five. And then I said, okay, now let's do the reverse. Name a Bailey match without Sasha. It took you five minutes to come up with Oscar. I listened to it this morning at work. It was a five minute carry. <laughs> you delay. To it? Oh, you listened to it already? Yes. That's what we're doing? Yep. So, Ravar, that is my ranking. Said does not agree with me putting Bailey at number four and basically saying that Bailey ain't the best horsewoman. She's the weakest one, and her legacy is kind of full of mid because you don't really remember much. You got to think about it for a while to take Sasha see, out of the equation. See, so what's your I, that, that was my biggest beef, but the first thing was like you tried to like not even subtly say, oh, Charlotte number one, and I had to press you on it and for you to split Sasha at 1B. I said Charlotte and Sasha, depending upon the day and what I value more. Yeah, I'm not going to argue because they are clearly head and shoulders above the rest. And and the reason that this is a debate, and I'm glad you listened to the tape because I, I, I'm i going to do that now because <laughs> putting it Bailey at four is egregious as all hell because Bailey is the most decorated out of the four. That don't mean shit. <laughs> we compared Bailey to Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is decorated as all hell because we went through the NBA stats. But uh, you ain't thinking of Jason Kidd when you say so, the great point guards. So, so Bailey wasn't the the female John Cena. Is that what we're gonna do? Uh, no, Charlotte is the female John Cena. No, she no. Bailey was a female John Cena because she was moving merch, identified with the kids, was that type of character. Very true. If you want to go with that, sure. I in that case, you might as well call it a female Hulk Hogan. Oh God. Oh God. <sighs> but uh. Oh. She's Charlotte is the female Cena because Cena put nobody over really, and Charlotte only puts over horsewomen. But again, Rayvon, what's your ranking of the four horsewomen? My ranking is Sasha Banks number one. Okay. Charlotte will be number two. Okay. Number three is Bailey, and four is Becky. Hmm. All right. Explain. I, no argument on one and two. Um, I just think in ring. Bailey is better than Becky. I think she's more entertaining. She's more believable as far as like entering work on the mic and promo stuff. Becky is way better, but I don't know. I just, I just tend to like Bailey more than Becky. That's a crazy thing. Like Becky just got that today. Like Becky ain't been hiding these streets when she was a last kicker and all that. Like she's a better wrestler, but I mean, she was still giving better promos than Bailey. True, that's true. She's a better talker than Bailey. Yes, the last kicker delivered better better promos than Bailey. You don't become the man without the ability to cut a promo. You don't learn how to cut a promo overnight. Go ask Apollo Cruz. <laughs> true, but I think Bailey Bailey's better. So that that would be I, my ranking. I would argue, even with Becky's run over the past what year and a half, two years. You want to round it up and say a couple years. I, I would still argue that Bailey has made more money for the company and, and merchandise over this entire time. I don't know, man, because you got to think about this. When the man got hot, 
Bailey was stale as a piece of Cuban bread. If you ever had Cuban bread, that shit goes stale pretty quick. Okay. And becomes a baseball bat in like two days. So Bailey was stale until she became a heel, and then she kind of took a while to get her feet. Uh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the whole time since Bailey been called up. You're talking about the appearances with children moving the merch, the little ponytails, the hugger gear, the jackets. I'm saying, I think over accumulating all that time, I feel like Bailey definitely was more profitable for WWE than, than Becky, even in this two year span. And Becky's been hot, super hot. I think overall, Bailey has probably made more money. I, I agree with that. Okay. All right. I think especially with especially with kid merchandise sales, like the kids get what they want, parents buy it. Like I didn't see real a lot of kids wearing the man t-shirts. You know what Cedric I mean? Got, Cedric got a man t-shirt, but do the kids? It's for the kid products for the kids. Yeah, so I'm gonna get the mom t-shirt too. <laughs> oh, is that a t-shirt yet? Yes. Apparently, you want me to have all these mid T-shirts. I got to add a Cameron Grimes T-shirt. I got to do all this, man. Like, it's bl- hold on, hold on, real quick. Before we come back to this ranking, since you brought up Cameron Grimes, I was really trying to avoid him for this episode. No, you yeah, no, you I weren't. really was. Uh, I said it was going to be women, <clears throat> women's wrestling heavy. Like, I had no intention to bring up Cameron Grimes, but Rayvon said was feeling so confident about how things were going to play out on NXT involving Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. That he was willing to bet that if Karrion Cross doesn't cost Keith Lee the match at Great American Bash, that uh, he will buy a Cameron Grimes T-shirt. So you okay. might want to help the man's out because um, he 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 feels like he's been right lately, but he's really made a bunch of bad predictions. And bets. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good prediction. Thank you. I don't know if I can support that decision. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so let me let me okay let me paint the picture, man. This this is why I got to be a writer <laughs> for WWE someday. Like, it's very it's very simple because <laughs> you take Cameron Grimes, who's no wait. Why am I even talking about Cameron Grimes? Sorry, you take Keith Lee, who now is winner take all. I really didn't think Keith Lee was going to win, but they want to do the big man versus the little guy. Normally works. Keith Lee was the one who destroyed the hourglass. Destroyed the hourglass. We already teed up that Scarlett and Karrion saw the tape and saw the broken hourglass. So we know that that's going to upset Karrion, even though Karrion's ultimate goal was to face Adam Cole and take the title. But in this scenario, winner take all, who cares who has the title at the end? But Karrion's going to get that pound of flesh for Keith Lee's disrespect. That is going to happen. Has to happen. So I don't have to buy no t-shirt. Has to happen. I was going to say, so when it doesn't happen... He will next time you see said he might be wearing a nice brown Cameron Grimes t-shirt. Oh God it has to be like the greenish brown one too. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Those are the terms of the bet, man. You can check the tape. But back to the four horse women. Uh by the way, Bailey, I think Bailey's beating Charlotte like what twice? So we say that Charlotte puts nobody over, but Bailey's beating her more than one time. No, I said Charlotte only puts <laughs> over the other horse women. Yeah. But the horse woman that's beating her the most times, I'm pretty sure is Bailey. I think Sasha got it. I think it's Sasha. Yeah, because they hot potato the raw women's title for like yeah. six months. That's how Charlotte got half her reigns was like a six month program. Yeah, I think all of five all five of Sasha's title reigns she beat Charlotte. I feel like. In fact, let's just look at this real quick. All right, so you have Bailey over Becky strictly because you feel like Bailey is smoother in the ring. Yes. 
Okay, that's fair. But Bailey can't cut a promo to save her life. I mean, you know, this is true. It's it's that's, gotten that's better over the, over time. Yeah, she's think, gotten better. She I think can't Sasha, cut one without help. I think Sasha has helped that, but um, I don't know. I, I just think in ring she's more entertaining and 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 better overall. Despite the promos, so I'm gonna have to go with Bailey. All right. <sighs> Actually, I have another question. Since we're, since we're on the topic of the four horsewomen, and I know before the pod, we uh, kind of gave Jacob some grief over his Get Rich or Die Try and Take, which you can listen to on, I want to say, three episodes ago. But Ravon mentioned that he actually has been re-watching the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. It's got gradually better over time. This is one of the matches in uh, Mania history that, I don't want to call it forgettable because it was a big moment for Becky Lynch, but we expected so much more out of the action, which, we, which didn't deliver. Now, I was on the fence about um, the interjection of Charlotte being in that match. I don't think it was needed, especially when you have the, the war words between Ronda and Becky. It was just, it was hot. It was on Twitter. It was doing, they were doing it for months. They should have just went with just those two. Do you feel like the inclusion of Charlotte helped or hurt that match? That's a good question. You know, I, I think the inclusion of Charlotte helped the match because I'm not too keen on Ronda's skills in the ring. So I feel like it would have been Becky carrying a lot of the match. So adding Charlotte makes it more of a, a 50-50 carrying, I guess you could say. And I think that made it better. And then adding Charlotte gives you that, oh, shit, Charlotte's going to win. Kind of, kind of, Charlotte, you know, she doesn't lose anything. Especially anything major. So yeah, I feel like it added a, just a different element of surprise going into the match. And I did think it took a lot of the pressure off of Becky having to carry the match as the main event. And I think the three of them together was a good dynamic. It just didn't deliver as I think everyone was hoping it was going to. Yeah. I've never heard that. Actually, I respect that. I haven't heard that a type of response that the fact that she would have to carry Ronda. So I know you mentioned like, well, I haven't heard that. Literally it's said people. that the reason Charlotte was there was to keep the match from being a complete train wreck. Yeah. Well, Pete, well, there's like there are a lot of people who really glorify Ronda's in-ring work as well and say, well, she caught on so quick. Uh, that she's doing so well. I, I know that she is very bad at selling uh, moves and things like that and sometimes gets to her spots too quick instead of like letting them build with just doing nothing. Um, interesting. So we're in quarantine right now. We've been in COVID for a minute and Rhonda's trying to start a family. I'm not sure how she's going on that. Do we expect Rhonda to return at all? I don't, I don't think so. At least not anytime soon. I think there's nothing, there's nothing for her to. There's, personally, there's nothing for her to, like, that I want to see. Because you can't, you can't give me Becky Ronda one on one right now. So I, she could stay at home and they can both have babies together and come back together and then fight each other. Well, we're <laughs> down. We're down Becky, and now there's the, also the speculation of how long Charlotte's technically going to be out. People, she's saying six weeks, but why not just? take her off for the rest of the year because she deserves the break for going so hard. Uh, 
would it be a right time to bring Ronda back in 2020 just to have another star? I mean, I think well, the focus needs to be is developing the women they have as stars, which is which is their biggest issue. Because right now you don't have Becky, you don't have Charlotte. So who's their star now? Sasha. She's on all the shows. She's doing all the talking. She's fighting Oscar out of nowhere for the Raw Women's Championship. So they, they keep pushing these one, like, oh, you're gone, so we're going to push this one person. Like, if Sasha breaks her arm tomorrow, they're, they're screwed. Because they're not developing... That's what you want to say. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. But they're not <laughs> developing these women to be, like, stars and threats. Like, if, she's, if Sasha gets injured, it's, it's Bailey's turn. And it's like, well, great, that's fantastic. But we all know Bailey can't really talk on the mic. But Jacob would have to respect her at that point. What? Yeah. <laughs> They'd make you. If Bailey no. was the only four horsewoman left, you would have to respect her. That's like winning a war of attrition and you wanting to be praised for being the last person standing as if you did everything when everybody eliminated themselves. Survivor Series. No, you just got lucky and was the last man standing. That's literally like being in a rumble match. The Let me last ask you two- as a has Bailey ever been hurt? I don't think she's ever had any injuries, yeah. right? Yeah, I think she had like a that, that she's got pulled off television for. Yeah, I think she had like a shoulder issue at one point. I don't think it kept her off TV though. I think she just had it taped. Yeah, I can't even remember a, a injury keeping her off of TV. Everybody else of the four war horsemen has had injuries or surgeries that have kept them off television. She can argue she's the Iron Woman of the pack. She's well, always available. Sasha is the one that throws her body to the wind the most, so. Has Sasha been injured? Yeah, Sasha's had a few yeah. injuries. Yeah, she's had a few. Yeah, Bailey had her shoulder jacked up in 2017. What part of 2017 was this? He... Uh, summer 2017, like okay. August frame. Was this before or after she took the belt from Charlotte? Um, Let's see. She took the belt from Charlotte. And where is it? February. Like July? February, yeah. So she dropped it to Alexa Bliss in April and didn't hold it anymore. She's only a one-time Raw Women's Champ. Speaking of stars, you just mentioned Alexa Bliss, who was kind of like right there on the heels of uh, the Four Horsewomen. Rayvon, what do you what do you think about Bliss and kind of her role in the background now, kind of just to build up Nikki Cross amid of all her um, her injury issues? I mean, I think it's it's good. I. I like Nikki Cross. I don't think Nikki Cross <laughs> should be that person. Like she's she's entertaining. I just don't think she's gonna get what they hope, what they expect. You know what I mean? Like they want to build up another star and like Alexa Helper. It's not gonna be Nikki Cross. It should have been someone else. I mean, and I think Alexa Bliss has a face is weird. I think she should make her heal, and that's all she should ever be in life just like Sasha Banks. Um, but her injuries, you know, they're very delicate with Alexa Bliss, which sucks, which, you know, you can blame your friend Ronda for. Yeah, Bliss has had three concussions, if I'm not mistaken. I know at least two. Yeah. So you said it shouldn't have been Nikki Cross. So who should it have been if it wasn't Nikki? Who do you put? Do you put another... I hate that I'm going to say this and it's going to sound so, I don't want to say sexist, but 
don't know, sound kind of sexist. Do you put another pretty face, uh, pretty face blonde? Or do you go, or do you still go the odd couple angle, which is what you are playing with Cross and Bliss now? I mean, I don't, because I, when, I, when I was talking about it, I thought Mandy Rose. For some odd reason, I don't know why. But I think it was because I thought Blonde Girl would be the obvious choice. But um, I wish it was someone like Amber Moon, but, you know, she can't stop yeah. getting injured. The Achilles. Um, I mean, Vince does love blondes. He does. And he and does. Mandy's offense, they're not doing enough with her, to be honest. I think Mandy could actually work and be like the... This Jacob's going to freaking kill me for this. She can be the modern day Trish low key. And nice. she's more of a, she's more of a powerhouse, which can carry her. Nice. <laughs> and Jacob throws a headset. Um, hear me this, out though. This is nonsense right now. He- hear me out though. Like not just, not just from a face standpoint or the looks I'm saying Mandy is actually very athletic. She's a world traveled fitness competitor, bodybuilder. So she kind of brings that athleticism that Trish had while also having the power of a Beth Phoenix. It could work if you just book it the right way, but now we have her being Otis's girlfriend in an angle with Sonya Deville, which they've wanted to do for a long time, but it seems like it's just going to go around in circles and not really get the time it deserves. Yeah, that's true. I heard that. I'm sorry. So I think, I think Mandy, Mandy would be a good choice. I don't know about any modern-day Trish Stratus garbage, um, but I think she could be a popular face if they marketed her the right way and booked her the right way. Um, I still think we should, they've given up on Naomi and I don't understand why. Yeah. She hasn't been seen in a while, man. Naomi and my girl, my personal favorite, Carmella. I think Carmella could be the ticket they need. Naomi and Carmella. I think if they push them the right way as faces, they'd be great. They're almost very forgotten on the SmackDown brand, too. Exactly. And, like, you haven't yeah. seen them in the last time, Carmella. Naomi had that one uh, one-off one with Bailey, I think, when she first came back, but they yeah. never really fleshed it out. And I think uh, uh, it's Naomi's husband that is hurt, correct? Yeah, I was about to say, uh, it's Jay that's hurt. Jimmy is the healthy one. Yeah, so I think that's more so why Naomi's not on TV right now. Carmella, I don't know, because Graves is there every week. So I'm not sure. And they have a podcast together. I think that's more of the problem with Carmella. I think she's put her foot in her mouth a couple times on the pod or on Twitter. So they might just be protecting her from like herself. Uh, up so herself. <laughs> but I agree with that. I think Carmella's in-ring work has vastly improved from her, uh, her title reign days. And it's like a button you can easily push that they yeah. haven't really used at all. Yeah. And so go ahead. Go Mike, like she can talk. I mean, like for the most part. She can cut a promo. Um, also, like Lacey Evans, I mean, she can cut a promo. She's pretty athletic. I don't know if a face would work for her. I think she's better as a heel. I think her, her character just works better as a heel. I think turning her face is what hurt her career. <laughs> for the most part. But I also, really, really don't think she should have ever got caught up when she did. Remember, you guys remember that? When they were doing like yeah. the video packages for like the six, eight people. It was her, EC3. Yep, machinery and all them. I was like, they they picked a really mosh posh group. Nikki to call Cross at that time. Nikki Cross is probably the most successful out of that bunch. Yeah. Well, Otis, man. So, and I hate that I just corrected that, but <sighs> oh, come yeah. to the light. Come to the light. So, um, 
I'm gonna ignore the whole Manny Rose Trish Stratus thing because I literally had to throw my headphones and walk I said out. What I said. I mean, I I agree. That's that was ludicrous. That's like, so when Jacob stormed off, Rayvon heard this, but Jacob didn't hear. It, so let me repeat myself. I said she brings the best of both worlds of Trish's athleticism, oh, I heard but the best Phoenix's bit. power, and it just mixes. You don't have any combination. Like you know, the only other combination you have like that on the roster is Bianca Belair. It's Natalia. I'm just kidding. So I mean, why not? Why not flex her power stuff like that? So Lacey have Evans around here. has power and athleticism. You really gonna sit up here and tell me that Lacey Evans is as strong as Mandy Rose? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say the former Marine is as strong as the body builder. Have you, have you seen Mandy Rose with weights? Have you seen the former Marine? I'm telling you, I know for a fact she's not stronger than Mandy Rose. Like she's uh-huh. not like when I when I say strength, I'm talking about being able to catch people out of the air, stuff like that, things that Cesaro would do. We know okay, Bianca Belair can do that. Nobody is in Cesaro's realm. Okay? I'm giving you a comparison. I'm saying her and Bianca got that same type of like catch people diving out the ring type strength. Like they don't use it. Now that logic, Nia has that strength. Fair. Fair. So, uh, but you mentioned we know something. We, okay, by by that logic, Tamina has that strength too. They don't. They don't oh, use it. Tamina. They don't Tamina. Talk about being misused. Tamina is money, but we'll get into that in a bit. You mentioned something interesting, though, about Naomi. And I feel like this is a problem across WWE with the exception of Sasha. Yeah, we'll just stick it with Sasha. They tend to not use their black women wrestlers correctly. Why do you you think that is? Because they don't know how. Um, I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you. I, I don't know because I even feel like when they had Jacqueline, who's probably one of the greatest women's wrestlers in the history of all time, in my opinion, the stuff with Sable when she first got there was great, you know, to, you know, the battle they had, she put Sable over whatever. But then after that, I mean, she was a women's champion again and lost to Stephanie, but her time in WWE wasn't. Like, oh, this was a great career here, but she was so talented. Yeah. They didn't use her right. Jazz, I think they used her better and more effective. I mean, to play the part that she was given to play, you know, the black bitch. But it was it worked for her. And I feel like Jacqueline just kind of was just there and used sparingly. And I don't know why they don't capitalize on the talent. Even like with Bianca Belair, they called her up after WrestleMania. And what has she done? Uh, she sold her husband's pants for the mini golf. That is about no, the right. most That's notable. Statement. Her highlight, her claim to fame. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. So I is bought it a couple because... of her t-shirts. They actually, they actually got some dope clothes. I bought some of the Bianca and Tez's merchandise, not WWE merchandise, the stuff she makes. Okay, okay, I was about to say. So is it be- like you said? You feel like it's because they don't know what to do with them. Because speaking of Naomi, I think I saw this week or last week where she was in a magazine and she did like a little profile. Yeah. And she's like, this is like the most open, intimate, like, if you want to know me, this is me. So why don't they hire, I don't know, black people? Why is it so hard for them to give a Ember Moon, a Sa- well, Sasha's the exception, uh, Tamina, Naya's an exception because she's Rocky's cousin. Which really should work out for Tamina better than it I was has. Like I said, would that work for Tamina, Tamina as well? Like, to an extent, I feel like Tamina kind of got shafted because, like, you're the daughter of Superfly, and the tail end of his life and the whole murder thing kind of 
slightly made it like, oh, we can't bring that up. Yeah. But you think also, it would be a double standard if whenever this day comes, I'm not, I'm saying this day probably might, might not come for the next three to five years if like they just strap the rocket ship to Rock's daughter? Oh, yeah. She's going to be the biggest star ever. Doug, they're going, they have no choice but to strap the rocket to her and either she will sink or she will be equivalent to her father. Like there's no middle ground for Simone. She will not just be good or great or flutter in the mid card. She is either going to be the greatest, the female version of her daddy, or she is going to bomb out. Yeah. And it's going to be no fault of her own. Unfortunately, it's just, Hey, your dad's the rock. Arguably the most charismatic wrestler ever. So that's just like you, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like you just got a shit hand in life because you're a rock starter and you're like, I want to get into wrestling because that's the family business. Where What happened the, to uh, Mick's daughter? Mick's daughter was trying to get into wrestling, right? I think she stopped. She no, stopped, right? stopped, yeah. I think she had like one too many bumps and injuries and was like, nah. And that's then she tough. started looking at her dad and was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't for me. Yeah. So, Rayvon, what would you do about our... We, we talk about this a lot in the pod, and we've been very critical of the product for how they treated Bianca Belair in her, both her championship matches, and as well as her, uh, her match with Charlotte, where Charlotte no-sold, <laughs> no-sold the spear, and then got her up out of here. Rhea Ripley's half-riptide off the turnbuckle that got Bianca Belair, and then, of course, losing to... Uh, Shayna. Shayna, when Which, she had full Black History Month gear on. So no, what, that was Bianca. No, that was a uh, Rhea that she took the hell in full Black History gear. Was it? Yeah, yep. yeah, it was Rhea. She got choked out by Shayna. That one doesn't she got bother choked me. Out by Shayna. That, yeah, that doesn't okay. bother me. That was before. What? How? How do we fix Bianca Belair on the Raw roster? Because the last time I saw Bianca, she was feuding with Ruby Riot on main event. We just lost to uh, Peyton Royce. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, you just got to build her up. I mean, cause she, she's great. Like Bianca Belair is probably the most athletic woman on the roster right now and, and, and talented. And I think you just gotta build her up by having her have these stellar matches with, with like a Sasha and a Bailey and an Oscar to put her over. That's what you have to do to build her up. Do you like her- the move of her going to raw versus SmackDown? Yes, because I think Raw needed her. They just didn't use her right. I think they just got focused on this Becky Charlotte, we don't know what to do thing and forgot about everyone else. Um, but I think even if you did a, a Naya Bianca feud and Naya put Bianca over, I think that would make her like, oh shit, she you know went toe-to-toe with, with Naya and you know they had this great feud. I think that would put her over and then Skyrocket her into a title match, whoever the or the title feud, whoever the champion is, and go from there. I like that because what you get out of that feud is you can do callbacks to Hogan, Andre, and then you can do the body slam moment because I'm pretty sure she can be the one to body slam Nia Jax. Exactly. Nah, I need a press slam. I need that gorilla press slam. Okay. okay. If she can do that, that's that'd be scary. I'm here for it, but uh, I, I mean, she, she looked like she could probably do it. It's either her or Big Mama Cool. I think those are the only two women on the roster that could possibly gorilla press slam Nia Jax. <clears throat> Maybe Tamina. Maybe. Let's see. Let's see. And I also think we should move Tamina to Raw 
Nia to SmackDown, whatever it is, and put them together and then make them the tag champions. I'm I'm done. They like teased that for a little bit. They did. They need to just go put them back together, make them these dominant, badass women's champions on all three branches, beating the shit out of everybody for a while. And then, you know. Let like the iconic still it again. Yeah, like something crazy happened, like something like that. Yeah, like, but I think they should be together and be and be like some dominant women's tag team champions. I like that. We, we that's a good transition right there. Let's talk about the women's tag team titles. Almost a year and some change in. Like, what, what did you what did you think about them when they were first debuted <laughs> and how they used them for the rest of 2019? When they when first debuted, I was like, this is going to be great. You know, I love women's wrestling. Give more titles, more opportunities. There's so many women on the roster where you could make tag teams like you, like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, you know, makeshift teams that you see. So I thought it was a great thing. Um, I even was a fan of the Iconics winning at WrestleMania. I thought that was great. I mean, I know I, everyone thought Bailey and Sasha would have this long reign, but the, the surprise there was great. And I think then that's when it floundered. They were like, here, Iconics, be the women's tag team champions. And do nothing. <laughs> and I, that's the thing. Nothing against the Iconics. I think they're a great and very entertaining duo. I just think they didn't know what to do with the Iconics and with the Titus. And it was just a, a failing partnership there. And then they'd be like, oh, we'll put it on. Was it Alexa Bliss was next? Yeah, it's Bliss and Cross. Bliss and Cross. And I was like, okay, you're trying to you know spice it up and add you know some dynamic with this kind of weird tag team. And that was great. And like, oh, okay, cool. And then you put it on the Kabuki Warriors. And was, was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> For them to do nothing. Like the Iconics did. But it was just like, you bring this element of excitement in. And then you're like, just kidding. We're just going to give you that little bit of excitement. And then <laughs> hang out for six months. It's true. Because Kabukis have the longest uh, title reign. Yeah, and they divided into what, like six times? Yeah, they have 180 days, and I think they only defended it, yeah, maybe five or six times. Yeah, wow. I mean, there's, so many, there's so many women, too. You could just put people together to go after the titles. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like some established friendship partnership. It could, you know, I don't care if it's Naomi and, I don't know, Randy Rose. It's kind of, <laughs> they're kind of teasing that right now, even with NXT, where you had Shotzi and Tegan Knox, of course, Dakota and... Raquel Gonzalez and um, there's a couple more pairings that they're that they are teasing. So it seems like they're taking it a lot more serious now uh, to use these belts. And I think that was the reason why they put them back on Banks and uh, Bailey is because you're going to get more quality matches out of the out of the tag team action. Yeah. Well, that and you're in quarantine and half your male roster that's top heavy. They were like, nah. Holler at us in about six months when shit calms down because I got a family. Sammy was like, I'm Canadian, so you kind of had no choice but to make use of it, no? Like, if you really care, let's see how this goes once quarantine slows down. Like, if we still feature these belts, half as heavy. Well, I don't think you'll, they'll be featuring the women half as much, you know, because I feel like since the quarantine, on Raw, there's been like three women's matches. There's been more women matches and involvement. Um, I don't want to say it's like a downtime. Like, well, it's just quarantine, so <laughs> I guess you can have a match tonight. Hey, 
Brady's in trash anyway, so why not go ahead and yeah, throw like, a couple? That shit sucks anyway, so might as well just uh, let the women go out there and do some stuff. But I feel like soon as like, back to normal and things are going, they'll be like, I don't think you'll see as much of the women, especially the tag team, unless it's still on Sasha and Bailey. Like, that's even more reason why you just ride this out and Sasha going to be your Raw Women's Champion. You think she's going to win? I think so. We actually, we literally talked about this earlier and last Saturday. Um, I think it makes sense, but here's my rationale behind this. Charlotte's biggest accolade is that she has what, uh, 10 title reigns? Give or take. And the closest to her is Sasha has five. I think Becky I might have. have five. Yeah. So we can already see that nobody's going to catch the title reigns of uh, Charlotte Flair unless your name's R Truth. Um, but he, he already it, passed her. <laughs> he surprised so, everyone combined. All right, exactly. So, so, like the reasoning behind Sasha beating um, Oscar or even beating Neil Sharon NXT is the fact that she'll become a double champ, and Charlotte hasn't even had hasn't even sniffed the tag team division yet. So I don't think that's an accolade she'll have is having tag team titles as well as the other belt. Bailey's a double champ. Sasha can be a double champ. Becky's been a double champ. So like just give her, just give Sasha an accolade already. Then you keep her I mean, further away from the SmackDown Women's title and whatever they're trying to do with the dissension that we're never going to get. I think it's coming. I smell it. I'm just kidding. Oh, but I, I, the I, Becky. I thought that I don't think Sasha's going to win the title. And I thought, you know, you add more issues and have some crazy way that Bailey is the one that cost her the title. I mean, accidental, of course. And then you, that's how you keep the, the animosity brewing between the two. Is that really a few? Like, is that a few that you really want to see, though? Bailey versus uh, Sasha. I mean, I think they've had great matches in the past. Like, they were great. Do I need to see it again? No. I think it'd be great, and entertaining. But I think there are so many untouched feuds and matches that we haven't seen that we can that they could focus on. Especially you calling up like Bianca Belair, and we have Shayna Baszler, who's you know. Dead somewhere, apparently. Jesus. <laughs> no one's seen her. her. Um, Speaking uh, of Shayna. Which I've never been a big Shayna Baszler fan anyway, so she grew on me. She she grew on me. It took a while, but she grew on me in NXT. Uh, speaking of Shayna, this kind of I was gonna ask which roster has the better women's roster? Like is it Raw, SmackDown, or NXT? Will include like pure wrestler character, like top to bottom overall. If you're like, all right, cool, I can only keep one of these women's rosters. Which one am I keeping? One. I can't answer that question. Because I, I was, I would say, I was gonna say SmackDown because they got Sasha, they got Bliss, Naomi, who I love. Carmella, but I mean, like I'm a I'm a Nia Jax fan. Like I love the power and the bitch assness of the Nia Jax. Like I just love it. Big fine. I like I love Natalia. I don't know, but in NXT, I mean, in Bianca's on Raw. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm not even gonna try. All right, because SmackDown has Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon. Doom, 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 doom. Lacey Evans, Kayla Braxton doesn't count. Mandy Rose, Naomi. 
Maurice, Mickey <laughs> James when she gets healthy, Naomi, Nikki Cross, God. Paige doesn't count, Sasha. Stephanie is listed on the SmackDown roster. She doesn't count. Tamina. So yeah, that's SmackDown. Raw has Asuka, Becky, Bianca, Billy Kay, Charlotte, Kyrie Sane. I guess I can count Lana, Liv Morgan, Natty. Oh, we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, Renee doesn't count. Ruby Riot. Renee oh, has Steph- a big announcement tomorrow, guys. You ready for it? <sighs> yeah. Shayna. We're gonna count Selena because she can actually wrestle. Oh my god! If they don't use Selena as a in ring competitor, I'm gonna kill everybody. I think from this standpoint, so I would good. actually pick Raw. I'd pick Raw. Right. You got the people on the mic, you got the workers, you have a bunch of people that haven't been used, and you have some people that they can give some more shine to, like Liv and Lana, right. or Selena. So NXT has Aaliyah, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green. Aaliyah is going to be in NXT forever. Like She's never getting called up. She's going to be in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Natty said Aaliyah is good enough to be on the main roster, and she doesn't I'm know why. I'm not saying she's not talented. I'm just saying there would be like, they're going to be like, girl, it's never going to happen. There's so many girls and you're not that important. But pretty much. Uh, let's see. Chelsea Green, Dakota Kai, EO, Jessamine Duke, Katie Carter. Duke and Shafir. And, and the other girl, what's her name? Marina Shafir. Marina nope. Shafir. They, they just hang out. They never picked just, it up. They've been chilling in the audience in the, uh, behind the plexiglass. Gonzaro, Caden Carter, Shafir, like we just said, Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim. Oh, where is Mercedes Martinez? I like Mercedes Martinez. She's getting a promo package, so she's coming back as a heel, it looks like. Big Mama Cool, Raquel Gonzalez. They need to update her picture and get her out of that JBL cowboy outfit. Rhea Ripley, Scarlett, who can go in the ring. Shotzi, Tegan. Vanessa Bourne, and Zia Lee. I might take an XT. I, I might have to take an XT. It's kind of funny because we all said three different brands. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we sure did. They're a lot more balanced. Going through and listing, they're a lot more balanced than what you might see on TV. That's a fair statement because I feel like Raw looks like the women's division is just trash. And it's but not, they show us on TV. But then you go down and you're like, you have Natty, you have Bianca, you have Shayna. Like, I think even doing a Bianca-Natty feud and have Natty put Bianca over it would be good. I thought we were going to get uh, Natty and Shayna when Shayna was like, oh, Becky is an idiot for getting pregnant when you're on top of the world. And Natty was like, what the hell's wrong with you? I thought that they was going to go the submission match. They did the submission match, and that was the last time we saw Shayna. I thought we had some legs to it, though. And now, now Natty's a, a, a heel... <laughs> She's coaching Liv. I mean, um, Lana. Lana's her manager now. It's that. That's just weird. I'm let gonna, Lana wrestle. No. Let Lana wrestle. No. You have to let her wrestle for her to get better. She, she can go wrestle a main event. Nobody watches that. I think she, I think Lana deserves a fair shot. Can we? Just, Lana got the best theme song of all the women. And Lana... 
voices and nothing, but Lana can cut a promo like nobody's business. I'd give Lana that. Lana can cut a promo if she leaves the damn accent at home. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, just leave the Russian accent at home. Just like, be- Rusev is long gone, buddy. There's no need for the accent. Like, let it go. My poor Rusev. Oh, so Jacob has this thing where he doesn't think that Lana's a good wrestler at all. Same with like Aaliyah or Liv Morgan. And I'm like, they, they've all come a long way. They, I said they Liv made- is good. Liv Aaliyah, used to be hot trash. Aaliyah's come a long way. If you watch Aaliyah first in the NXT, you'd be like, what? Who, who signed this? But now, I mean, she, she's, she's decent. I'm Liv not saying she's like the best in the ring, but... She's about to have a couple wins over Rhea Ripley real soon. And, and Liv Morgan is good a lot. Because she used to be hot trash. Like, I could not stand a Liv Morgan match. I can get through it now. Almost. You think they're going to put her and Ruby back together? I think they're doing... That's another thing we, that's what I was trying to think of. I think with the uh, emphasis on tag team wrestling, I think they are. Yeah. They're going to make them a pairing again. And I think Ruby's great. Ruby is dope to me. She deserves so much better than what she's so getting. So much more. So much better. So much everything. So, all right. We just went through those rosters. The most underutilized on Raw, who are we saying? Because we just praise Ruby Riot. We talked about how Bianca Belair literally showed up to save her husband, stuck around for a little bit, and was like, oh, you finna go play the Dave and Buster's Olympics? I'm going to take my ass home, and we haven't seen her since. And then Shayna came through like a wrecking ball, choked everybody out in the chamber, lost to Becky on a fluke, and then became bitchy. It was like, Becky's an idiot, and we haven't seen her since. Who's most underutilized on Raw? Lana. Fuck you. <laughs> um, you're like, this is why we can't I, have nice I'm things. Gonna go, I'm going to go with Ruby. You so, right. so you're saying they can use... Well, yeah. Because for, for a while, when Ruby was the leader of the Riot Squad, she was the... Uh, the only one really working matches, and they painted her as somebody who could challenge for the belt a lot back then. Yeah, I think she had a match against Ronda for the belt, and it was one yeah, of Ronda's yeah. better matches. She had mm-hmm. one against Charlotte when Charlotte was on SmackDown, when they were all on SmackDown. All right, so looks like we're heading toward the reuniting of the Riot Squad. Do we see them getting a tag team title run, or is this just to add a little more extra mm, to the women's tag division. That's interesting. I could, I could see them getting a the title run. Cause somebody creative faces this time. Cause I think it's showing that Ruby Riot's having kind of a change of heart of how she treated Liv. Yeah. And somebody creative has a thing for Liv Morgan. Liv's promo work has been dope since she came back. The only, the only drawback was the damn Rusev and Lana angle that made no sense <laughs> that they put her in. Yeah. Which apparently they had no plans to do anything with. They were just like, we need a way to introduce her to shock everybody. Can I, can I say something? This is another hot takes. I'm dropping the hot takes today. Liv Morgan finisher better than Jake Atlas. What is Liv's finisher? When the person's on the rope and she goes and does the, uh, the face, the face uh, plant. The X like Factor? A, nah, it's not. It looks like a... Um, it's a compound moves. Looks like a ricochet. Like let, me, a, let me Google this real quick because I really cannot remember Liv Morgan's finisher. The disrespect, man. Like, like Liv didn't pick up three straight victories. Over Lana. <laughs> yeah, over who? Lana. 
No, she beat Ruby I mean, Riot. She beat Ruby Riot like yeah, twice. She beat Natalia on the kickoff show to WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. That don't, that don't count. Nobody watched that. This WrestleMania doesn't even count. Great. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Jacob just said this WrestleMania does not count, which leads lends my credibility of saying the Stadium Stampede is undefeated. You just heard it here first. So when you, when you listen to Believe in AEW, you run it back and come back to Believe in NXT, Jacob basically just told you that the Firefly Funhouse wasn't shit because this WrestleMania don't count. So what does that mean? The Stadium Stampede was better. Sir. Of all the stretches and reaches that you've done in 50-plus episodes, that might have been the longest one. These are your words. You know exactly (laughs) what I said. You are acting as... Now, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole with you today. Nope, we have guests in the house. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's like when you tell your girl something and she's like, oh, so what you trying to say? That's what you just did. I'm just holding you accountable, man. That's what you just did. It's holding you accountable. Okay. All right. So yeah, I just looked up Liv's uh, finisher. I will. That's not really a hot take. Jake Atlas finisher is too many moving parts that take too long. So all right, See? cool. There you go. There's the you, Liv Morgan. You're, slow, you're slowly letting me. You're slowly coming around that Lee is a good wrestler and Liv can work. And, that, and eventually, you're gonna be like, oh, Lana actually got some good catalog too. Both of us made faces at you. For those that are listening to this, you can't see it, but both me and Rayvon both kind of was like, I don't know about that, Chief. Go back and watch Lana's matches with uh, Naomi. They weren't bad. They weren't bad. They weren't necessarily good either. All right, so... Yeah, they weren't bad because Naomi was in it. Yeah, I think that's called being carried, sir. Okay. Hashtag still out there. Hashtag still out there. She ain't there yet. She, she got a ways to go. This ain't ready yet. <laughs> Lana today is where Peyton Royce was at a year ago. Now Peyton, nice. Peyton, if you watched Monday Night Raw this past week, you saw Peyton Royce take on uh, Ruby Riot, and Peyton looked great. Yeah, uh, Peyton was nice a year ago. She was just a little sloppy. She just tightened it up. Lana just is like, nah. Lana's like, we brought you here for one thing, but I guess we can teach you how to take a couple bumps. She's like, oh, I want to do this some more. Let's flesh this out. And we're trying to watch her flesh it out in person in real time. Sorry, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're we going we gonna to come around on Lana, man. I want to I talk switch gears here because since we got Ray Vaughn and since this is an episode campaigning and champion for women's wrestling, a lot of stuff has come out in the past week or two with uh, the hashtag speaking out, which I'm pretty sure you've seen. Uh, did you have, do you have any thoughts on the fallout of that and um, overall what it means to the wrestling industry as a whole? I mean, I've, I've seen it. It's just crazy how many have come out, which is great. You know, I think they should share their stories and, and do their thing. It's just, it's just like crazy to think about. Like, all this goes on, you know what I mean? that makes any sense like you're like dang people just out here just act like they ain't got no sense like yeah so here's my thing um at what point do you hear allegations and you're like 
we'll suspend this person versus we'll fire this person. Because you you work for WWPR, so I feel like at some point you may have had something. I'm not. I doubt this bad, but like, what's that tipping line? Is there a tipping line in WWE where it's like, all right, depending upon who you are, this is suspendable and this is fireable. Oh yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's all about who you are and what you bring to the company. Like, if someone was like, you know, Seth Rollins did this to me, they'd be like. Said, stop that and go home, okay? <laughs> like, just don't be over here doing that again. But we're going to have to send you home. You're going to have to miss this week's Raw. And we'll see you next week and continue picking my Rey Mysterio. But if it was like, I can't think of anybody. Like, Jack Gallagher was the first person released. Yeah, like, if it was like, Jack Gallagher, you know, like, someone who's, I mean, not saying that important, but not important. That's, they can afford to release and expendable because they don't bring much or they're not a huge name for the company. They're like, hey, we're trying to fire people anyway. So, yeah, you can go. We're good. All right. Okay. You mentioned Seth, and you guys remember what happened when Seth years ago when the pictures that came out, stuff like that, they put the title on him the next day. Holy That's a shit, real, really good example. Yeah. I mean, I think a, 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 a dick pic is a little different. I I understand there should have been some kind of like, bruh, really? I mean, but that, you know, in the moment he sent those pics to that girl, it was wanted and they were a couple and she was mad and was like, I'm going to show you dick to the world. He had no control over that. Jack Gallagher forcing himself on people, allegedly, is a little different. It is. It's very. (laughs) He had control over that. He, He knew this is not right. I should probably not do this. Well, Seth was like, here, look at my penis and we could smash later because you want this. <laughs> so let's, 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 let's dive into something like, more comparable Apollo there. If Bruce was accused, they would have fired his ass too. Exactly. So they, the like, like, ten, like they pretty much erased Hulk Hogan for a little bit. Now, yeah. one, yeah. If it was like Big E, they'd have been like, Big E, dog. Let's for look a, at, uh, let's look at somebody current there. Our man, Matt Riddle. Just got called to SmackDown. He has some pretty, pretty strong claims out there, but we still see him on TV and active angles. And the rumor is he's about to do a program with Baron Corbin. Is that a, a case of like, hey, this guy gets a pass because he's he's not even like up here? But is that one of those cases? Yeah, because I think they want him to be up here. So it's like, well, fans are they like they love you, so we. We want to we want to make you a star, so we're gonna we're gonna look past this and make you a star. Just don't say nothing and don't do it again. So, for example, I, I think I know Jacob when I mentioned Hulk Hogan, he's about to like lose his shit. It's <laughs> like the perfect example is when like uh, you mentioned Biggie, Apollo Cruz. Let's talk about when Titus O'Neil smacked Vince Man on the butt and got got sent home. Thirty days, if not sixty. <laughs> So we know the double standard exists for, for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say... Um, but see, now if our truth would have smacked his butt, he'd been fine. Think so? Just because the Just because of the tenure? Our truth can do no wrong. But but like, Titus O'Neil is like their biggest brand ambassador. He like it really in these streets. Like, yeah, brand for the, for the brand. When is Titus be wrestling? It's different. A brand right. ambassador and an in-ring competitor... 
that makes money and brings in and is entertaining, it's different. But he's okay. like the face of the company when WWE goes and like speaks to children <laughs> and have different events. So and he's like, a great dad and he does all these great things. But it's Titus on camera making money. I can suspend Titus. It doesn't matter because I can still send him to Brandon Bassett some shit while he's suspended. I get what you're saying. That yeah. makes sense. But that right, makes so perfect sense. Interesting point that you mentioned there. Yeah, you can suspend Titus for, without pay, but can you fire Titus? That's the question. For what? Let's just say Titus. Can you fire him like now if he did something wrong? Yeah. No, he's not going to be fired. Not in this, in this climate? Ooh. Well, especially you're <laughs> not going to fire anyone black. Let's talk about that. But you, he's that's also definitely that. Ambassador. He yeah, does, that's what I was getting at. He's like the perfect model WWE superstar to the outside world. So no, he wouldn't be fired. Because he doesn't make you money in the ring, but he brings in your corporate sponsors. Exactly. So you're not going to fire him because okay. without him, those corporate sponsors would not be on board. And also and, he's and, best friends with Batista, so he ain't going nowhere. And right now... He's a black man talking about WWE. So you're like, oh, look at, you know, they support diversity. <laughs> you know, it's so what about the good. I mean, it wasn't like intentional that they did that, but it, you think about it, it's going to make them look good. He just exactly. slipped up and became the token without trying to be the token. Exactly. So what's your, what's your take on somebody since we're talking about minorities about uh, Andrade with the multiple wellness violations, but like his relationship with obviously the Flair family. Does that help him or? If See, like I don't another strike is he out here. I don't think it helps him. I don't think Andrade's big enough of a star and they value as much as a superstar that if he does it again, he could be fired. And it, you know, and be like, sorry, Charlotte. They gonna get Andrade Flair out of here? Because the man gonna change his last name when he get married. Like I mean, the only way it would have saved him is if Charlotte's like, if you fire him, I'm out. You think she'd put like, a dick on the uh, table like that? Like, I mean, that's, I don't know if she would, but it, that's the only thing that would, I think that would save him if they were like, Andrea, you're going to be released. And Charlotte says, if you release him, I'm walking. And you know AEW will sign me in three seconds. They'll be like, can you just stop doing drugs, bro? Like, for real? <laughs> Damn. But they'd be like, can we just stop testing Andrade? Like, <laughs> All right, so... Because there is a double standard. I'm glad we're sitting here discussing this as three black men. Um, you mentioned Apollo Crews. Because Biggie, Kofi, and Xavier are probably the most, and we'll throw our truth in there, are the most Teflon black people on the roster. Actually, throw in the Usos. Because them boys can't stop getting DUIs every time they're away. I'm drinking. Damn. I want to party with the Usos. I do too. Next time I go home, I might stop by. Because they're in my area. Next time, we might just see if one of them is around and be like, hey, what's up, guys? Want to go have a drink? I'll get you home. Yeah, I, I, I got the Uber. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so there's like that little group that is Teflon. Sasha is Teflon because Sasha went and sat on her ass and went to Japan for six months and came back and was like, hey, nothing happened. So what, what if, let's say Apollo, because he's the champ, or we'll say Lashley. We'll say like an Apollo, a Lashley, an MVP. What if something comes out with them? You've been on the inside. What do you think happens compared to, we'll say those three are like mid-card black compared to a bottom tier white such as, um, who's like in the bottom tier that's white? Um, Cameron Grimes. Nah, we'll say, we'll say like an Otis 
in the grand scheme of things, Otis is kind of bottle. Nah, I think Otis is good. Right, Let's so go. Get- <laughs> that's partner's name, Tucker. Yeah. Nice. All right, we'll say no because I don't want somebody that's like obviously expendable. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like um, shit, like a Tyler Breeze. I feel like Tyler Breeze is not necessarily expendable. So let's just say Apollo and actually, yeah, Apollo and he's Titus. Apollo because he's, he's your current champ. So. Yeah, I was trying to think of another white person that was either a champ or in like a program because we know Jeff Hardy's not going. Apollo and Sheamus. There we go. I feel like you can probably get rid of Sheamus if it, depending upon what it was. Do you feel like one of them would get fired? If both of them did the same thing, do you think they're both going to get the same punishment? If both of them had speaking out allegations and it was both... Gallagher got fired because the R word came up. Rape came up at least once, if not twice, with Gallagher. And I think that's just like an instant. You got to go. We'll figure it out later if you didn't actually do it. But we can't have you around. Much like Rich Swan with his wife when the domestic violence and he got booked. And they're like, yep, got to go. So let's just say they have sexual misconduct. Like, let's say one of them groped somebody, put the hands down the pants, something like that. Not a full rape, full sexual assault ish type deal but both of them get the same allegation do they both have the same outcome no Apollo's fired right Apollo's fired James is suspended and I, I that's what I would think would happen we'll say the obvious reason is because Apollo is black and Seamus is white or no I'm going based on the names Seamus and Apollo. Okay. There was no there was no race involved. So you think with WWE it's going to always be less of race and more of how big is your name? Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about a big name there. Um I, I think I think it goes on how big your name is and what you bring to my company. Over you being black, white, Hispanic, Samoan. All right, let's go Reigns and Cena. Two biggest names you got in the company. They ain't going nowhere. Nothing's gonna happen. Both of them get rape allegations. You just Nothing. sit them. You just sit them down. You just—they're off TV for six months. Ah, okay. What about Velveteen Dream? Arguably one of the biggest names in NXT right now, and he has uh, whew, some pretty bad child allegations going Velveteen, on. Velveteen will be released. Oh wow! You're calling that? I think so. So, so will you, so come on. So, so Patrick Clark, not because he's black, but his allegations are egregious. But do you allow another company to go pick up that type of talent after he like chills, takes some classes, and rehabilitates? I mean, or you, I mean, that's the risk you take. You have a pedal label stuck on you, basically. Yeah. You can argue statutory rape if you really want to get into it, but basically, the stigma and tagline is Patrick Clark is associated with sending dick pics to young girls under the age of 18. That is what the headline will read. Yeah. And that will always follow you. That's just like Hulk Hogan is eight foot tall niggas. It will always follow you at this point. And it's kind of like, I'd rather get rid of you. And if someone else signs you, then you're their problem, not mine. So that because I, I can actually understand the rationale now. Did you have that pedophile label to you? So I'd rather you, I'd rather you go to impact and they deal with you. Cause I'm, I don't have to worry about that because it makes me look better that I let you go about this. Like you, that's not the kind of person we want as opposed to, 
AEW who signed you to make them look makes them look worse. They took this pedophile. They took the risk. Yeah. Yeah, no matter how much time away, I don't think that really shakes because as soon as your name starts getting back in the rounds of, oh, he might be going to so-and-so, it's probably going to be the next thing out of somebody's mouth is, didn't he send dick pics to somebody under 18? Which is why we haven't seen certain names. Well, we haven't seen a lot of certain names because of COVID, but even when things get back to normal, if they do, there will still be certain names in WWE that won't be hovering back around live television uh, Such for as? a while. Uh, Lars Sullivan, and I'm not saying because of the video at all. I'm not saying because yeah, the video. I'm talking. I'm talking about because of the uh, the video came on top of his uh, racist rants against Hispanics, and the comments about Stephanie, and the fact that he blew his knee or something else out too. So he's still in the contract, though. Yeah, they probably just forgot. <laughs> he's in the stack of people that meant to get released, and they just yeah, forgot they just, him. They forgot because. At this point, I feel like they're like, why are we, why, why is he still here? Matter of fact, since we talk, we talk about releases, just outright for allegations, what did you, um, what was your take on the recent um, layoffs, the heavy layoffs of all these superstars? Because uh, we're coming up on, well, we're in July now, um, and we're going to see a lot of these guys start coming out of their no compete clauses and working for other companies. I mean, I, I understood it. Like it happens. I mean, they usually do it after WrestleMania anyway. And the current climate, I felt like it was inevitable because you know they're not selling any tickets to fans. You know, no one's coming to shows, so it took a hit. Um, I mean, some people that got released, I'm like, you know, that's fine. Like, who's their biggest biggest loss? Go home. Like, go somewhere because they're not using you. Like, you're talented, but they don't know what to do with you. Go somewhere else. Like. I think for like people like him, it's a blessing. I mean, maybe all of them, it's a blessing because they get to go do other things. For me, the personal biggest hit was Zack Ryder because I, hmm. I think Zack Ryder is a huge talent and, and is a great workhorse and his career has so many peaks and valleys, but at any point, you could bring Zack Ryder out and Zack Ryder could be a, a star, if that makes sense. Like he already has a following. People already love Zack Ryder. You put him, you bring him out, people are going to cheer him. And you put him, book him right away, he's going to be a star. So I think that was the biggest loss, in my opinion. I can't remember who else got released. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, Rusev, okay. um, EC3. Rusev was probably a, another one I feel like they should have kept. But I think what, what was the decision there was that the contract, they couldn't agree, agree on a new contract. Yeah. So they were like, well, I don't have to agree with you, just leave. Takes on. Uh... Like for me, the biggest loss, and I don't think this was a part of the uh, the releases at all. But like, I, I think the revival um, is a huge loss for them. We talk oh. about tag team wrestling, sure. Uh, but Leo Rush, and then everything that came out after it. You got any thoughts on that? I remember talking about this, but refresh my memory because I wasn't like too detailed in the details of what happened with Leo Rush. So Leo, Leo's actually been one of the more vocal components ever since the releases came out. He was part of the release, and he was actually very vocal about the storyline with Drake Maverick. Um, and he was saying, like, well, are they going to bring other, other people back as well? They shouldn't have used it as a storyline. He, uh, I don't know if he threatened to retire from wrestling or just said he's done outright at 25, citing loss of passion for it. And he also had a um, pretty notable feud online with Mark Henry 
over certain things, allegations of Leo Rush as far as like not paying your dues in the locker room and carrying people's bags and Leo saying he didn't have to do that. He doesn't work for you. He works for the company. Well, in that aspect, it's a very different time. I don't think you have to pay your dues and carry bags. Like it's not 1995. So relax. Um, I don't think that kind of hazing things kind of, you know, earn your stripes goes on anymore. Um, I, I personally thought people being released, they were going to be, some were going to be brought back. In WB's mind, I don't think it was communicated to these superstars, or maybe it was, but I think at some point these people were going to come back. Not everyone, obviously, but I think some people, they were going to kind of like let it, we have to do this, but we'll bring you back to, you know, make it right and make it better. But Leo Rush, I mean, like, he had a good run as Cruiserweight champion, but I feel like he was never going to go anywhere in the company just based on, I don't think they were going to use him the way he expected and wanted to be used. So, I mean, and him retiring at 25, I mean, at least you're retiring when you're 25, not, you know, 55. He still has his whole life ahead of him to go do something else. Okay. Makes fair sense. Um, you mentioned the contracts being a large reason because Gallows and Anderson may have been the most surprising to me. Because yeah. you were literally on WrestleMania like a week before. Yeah. You were a huge part of the build-up. And then, bye-bye. Like, it was almost like you are in the AJ Styles orbit, and Styles has reached a point where he's Teflon almost, that they should have been safe by proxy. No, I agree. I, I think that was a mistake, like, releasing them, because I was like, why? But when- they almost left you, and then you talked them into signing new deals. I think the guaranteed downside was close to a million, if I'm not mistaken, from what I've heard. And then you drop them six months later. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. But I also think if it's like that I'm a threat to leave my job and hopefully get more money just in, like, in life. Right. And then when shit goes down, you're the first one to go because they feel you're not loyal. Okay. So, I mean, that, that could have been a factor in Gallows and Anderson's decision to be released. I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't know how these how Vince McMahon thinks. Okay, <laughs> I did. I'd be a rich man. This is true. Gotcha, gotcha. Because Vince didn't even want to sign Ronda, so don't know why. But okay, you know, we we had to. I had to put a whole document together on all of Ronda's accolades, accomplishments, proving why she was a draw. And that was used in a meeting with Triple H and Vince to help convince him to sign her. I understand that. I mean, like Ronda, she was women's MMA, the face of it. And then she fell from grace, but like she still was what, 10 and 2? Yeah, but her name alone brings everything. So you guys should be like, if she's interested, yes, bring her in. Yeah. And then you have the fact that she grew up watching wrestling, and of all people, she was a huge Roddy Piper fan. Like, yeah. It was right there. So, um, you know, was grew the... up watching wrestling and was a huge fan. I'm going to let you get this off before I cut you out. Yeah, I'm just asking, do you know who else grew up watching wrestling and started off as a fan? No, who? Bailey. Bailey. Her story arc is genuine. So did Sasha. True. True. But we got we got the footages of Bailey actually at the events and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. 
She don't deserve to be ranked number four. You know who didn't? That's though? what I'm saying. Charlotte. Right. <laughs> yeah, because she, she had no desire to get into the business, really, <laughs> until her brother passed. So um, just a couple more things. We'll get you up out of here. What was the wildest thing Good. working in PR oh. that you had to do or that you saw, like the wildest request or something that you had to put together that you're like, they can't be serious right now? You know, to be honest, there wasn't anything like crazy where I was like, this is stupid. Like, why are we doing this? I think everything was like, everything had a purpose. If that makes okay. sense. Like, there was yeah. nothing that was like, this is stupid. Like, this is not going to work. I think everything was, was strategic and had, had meaning behind it. So I don't think there was anything that I was like, this is pointless. Why are we doing this? Was there anything in the world I mean, like, that you could like, share? Hey, can we, we want to book celebrities for 25th anniversary of Raw. We want to get Beyonce and Jay-Z. Of course, we're like, yeah, <laughs> okay. I do too, but that's not going to happen. J- J-Lo's not going to come. Like, this, like things like that were kind of like big requests and like asking. You're like, I, I get aiming for the stars, but it's not going to happen. Oh, you had a question. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. There you go. I was going to ask you, is there anything in the realms of things that you can share that's like, as a PR team, you had to cover up, or is that is that too like? Yeah, I wasn't. In, I wasn't in PR. I was in. I was in entertainment relations, which is a little different. Okay. Um. So entertainment relations was more of a bridging the gap between WWE and pop culture. So our job was to like get them out on, like you know when they do like this Nickelodeon TV show where they're on. Becky Lynch is going to be on this show. They're doing this game show. They're in this magazine. That's what our department did and getting celebrities to like be a part. So when you see, you know. So you're why I had to watch Drew Carey on Monday Night Raw so many times. Yeah, you're welcome. Or why why the the Ball (laughs) family was on Monday Night Raw. Okay, that was great. Yes. (laughs) That was quality entertainment. Yeah, so. So things like that. So when you see things like that, that that's that was that's the apartment I was in. When I see Shaq show up at WrestleMania and, and as a part of the Dre, that's that's your department. Yeah. So you're responsible for getting money Mayweather. That that's you. Yeah. Okay. Well, not me personally, but that's the department. Okay. Dope though. I mean, I I was here for that feud. I don't know if y'all were. That was. So so it wasn't like more. Like, it wasn't like PR PR, but I don't think. I mean, because obviously all departments talk and, you know, you hear about things that go on in the company, obviously. But I don't think there was anything that had to be, like, covered up or, like, hidden. Like, somebody went out and caught a body one weekend on accident. was like, uh, Vince, so we got a problem. Yeah, like, there was none of I mean, the only thing you would hear would be like, so, uh, did you guys hear? Jimmy got another DUI. Oh, shit. <laughs> so your department is responsible for people like Gronk winning the 24-7 championship. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. I get it. All, I exactly. all the great things, you know? All the things that fans want. <laughs> Even you SNL guys at, in the Andre the Giant Battle Royale WrestleMania. You're welcome. Oh, man. See, see if you can give me an act. See if you can give me an Andre in 2021. COVID's over. You know? Got it. Or, or 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 just like a or just like a, a seven day twenty four seven title run, you know, so, something like 
I mean, it's not gonna so work. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not a not a celebrity. Getting there, getting there. No, I mean, when you get there, it'll it'll work because even <laughs> you suggest some people, and they're like, they're not big enough. You're like, uh, okay, what? yeah. So, what's the name that you suggested? And they're like, they're not big enough, and you're like, are you serious? Um, just. I should tell all these secrets, guys. No, uh, I don't think anyone I suggested they're like they're not big enough, but certain celebrities would be interested in attending WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan. I've been to events before. Can I get tickets to WrestleMania? And they're like, huh, no. Oh man. You're not, you're not, you can't, you can't get the special front front, front, front front side seats anymore. Or it's like, oh, this person can come, but leave their tickets at will call. Kind of thing. That's an ego here too. How pissed that be? If I was a celeb, I had to walk my ass up to will call to get my tickets because I couldn't send somebody else to get them. That's a way. But like when you're, you know, you know, if washed up or not, damn it. <laughs> when you know, I'm trying to think of a celebrity. I, I think I, I saw Pop Floyd Mayweather the Senior at Will Call last year at a at a boxing match. Who's that? Floyd Mayweather Senior. Oh really? See, you know what happened. I think I saw him at Will Call. Happened. Like when you're like a big celebrity, you know, we set up a car for you. You know, parking. One of us will come and get you and escort you in, and depending on who you are and what you want to do and what's planned for you, you know, get your segments together and have you meet superstars and, you know. So stuff. there's levels to it. And other people, your tickets are at Will Call. <laughs> <laughs> That's what All happened. Right. So... I know we t- we've taken a lot of your time, but um, as we I'm talked good. before the pod, you know, there's a few debates we got to get off. And right. we talked about the Nas debate, and I'm going to actually respectfully uh, disqualify you from this debate uh, because <laughs> I'm not going to give Jacob any satis- satisfaction um, <laughs> of, of, of like Nas getting absolute yeah. slander on this podcast. But we actually talked about this on the Touchdown and Tangents podcast, and me and Jacob gone to each other's necks about this. He even took the, the time out of his day all the way on the East Coast to send me a picture last week. Um, <laughs> this is about the top all-time TV dads in sitcom history, a list that Jacob doesn't even have Carl Winslow on. So when we don't touch down tangents together, I said Carl Winslow is top three. Jacob doesn't even believe he's on the map. He don't believe he top 10. The argument is Carl Winslow is not a top 10 black TV dad. Why? Actually, no. Seth said <laughs> top three. Man, and I was, we have that many top black TV dads. Seth well, said he was top three. Think of three. black TV dads. You think of Carl Winslow. That means you're good. <laughs> that's, that's subjective. That's you can, subjective. You can think of something that doesn't mean it's good. Like Carl Winslow, I said Carl is top ten barely, if that. He's not top three. He's not top five. Black Uncle okay, Phil. So what, what's your list? Go ahead. Uncle Phil. Top five is Uncle Phil in no particular order, but Uncle Phil, Cliff Huxtable, 
That's like you the gold Cliff. Ooh, how? How can we not mention Cliff? Do he, I have to compare him to Ben Wall again? No, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. We don't speak. We don't, we don't speak. We don't speak Cliff High School no more. We don't. Can't be included. He, You're separating the man from the character. Yeah, he's Ben Wall. I could talk about Ben Wall matches. I'm not talking about Chris Ben Wall the man. That's that. Oh, Cliff Huxtable. Cliff, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Um, Chris's dad from Everybody Hates Chris. Okay. Look, you, you seem a little unsure about that one. I, I, I was thinking, like, oh, okay, I have to remember the show. Yeah. Um, James from Good Times. Okay. What else did I have? Um, Ray from Sister Sister. Okay. Robert Townsend in Parent Trap or Parenthood. Okay. That's six right there. I'm going to go Robert Townsend. Uh huh. Dad from Everybody Hates Chris. Yep. Ray Campbell from Sister Sister. Yep. Are nowhere near Carl Winslow. Don't. Are you talking about longevity of the show and all that, man? Come on. Because as a <laughs> you stuck the show in a spot where it could not fail. You put it on TGIF in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, see, the, thing, the thing about it is I'm not even a Family Matters fan. I think the show's annoying because I hate Steve Urkel's character. It aged so poorly. So, but I looking at, in retrospect, as the characters as a father, Carl Winslow is like a great TV dad. Dog, Carl Winslow let his son and best friend get profiled by a cop, and a racist cop, and all he did was file a damn report. Take a good notice that I told him this like two weeks ago, man. <laughs> he tried to use it against me. Beat him up? Yeah, you just go file the damn report? Like, uh, Think about the stability of your family and your, your career. All right, I'll even do yeah, you one better. I hired somebody to beat him up. I'm not done it myself. You sit one of your kids upstairs and we ain't never see her again. Little Richie was like six and then next season the little nigga's like 13. And then, alright, here's the as a father. Here's the be- here's my be- prime example right here. Remember Carl Winslow Eddie- was so trash, he had one or two options. He could have told Laura, stop being so shallow about Steve, or he could have ran up on Steve and like, stop being such a damn creep about my daughter. No. He let that rock and he let Laura be a piece of shit and let Steve be a damn weirdo for what? I'm pretty seasons? sure he did have that. I'm pretty sure there was an episode where he said that to Laura at the tail end. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, so tell it took you ten seasons to realize that your daughter was a piece of shit for he was focusing on, on his son when he wore glasses. He was focused. Okay, so oh, this, so, this, no, this no, is no, the thing. Let me, no, let me get this off. Let me get this off. Let me get this off. This is the thing. In households in the '90s, the father will focus on the son, and the mother will focus on the daughter. That's the thing. Still trash. Not Still like that anymore. But that was the thing. Last I checked, my dad focused on both of us, me and my sister. Carl Winslow was trash, fam. You just proved it. He was like, nah, forget the daughter. She can be a piece of shit, or he can creep all on her, dirty Mac, all that, be a weirdo. Nah. Remember when Eddie you- moved out the house and had that house next to like the the, the train station and it was right. all the stuff coming down? He went back and got his son, man. Took he care of his, Eddie. But he left his daughter out to try. And basically, constantly. and basically Urkel became his son too. He brought him in. Makes it even weirder that he didn't can the whole Urkel Laura thing, but hey, prove you, you know, cook on, you know, you got it. Nah, Laura got oh, jealous Urkel, because Myra because was in the Urkel, picture. Steve Urkel lacked guidance from his own parents, and Carl Winslow stepped in and gave him that. Boom. Which makes him a great TV dad. You do one good you. deed, I will and a hundred shitty ones does not make you a good person. 
that is like the ultimate good deed. That was like, hey, like <laughs> you, your, your parents ain't shit. I got you. I got you. You can come over there. Come here. Okay, so he, so like he neglect his daughter to take in somebody else's kid. You're proving my point. That was Harry's job, man. Right. He was there for Laura. It wasn't like he was like, I don't have any daughter. I don't have a daughter. <laughs> and okay. Judy, you know, she went upstairs and she got lost. So, oh, man. <laughs> and I like Robert Towns. I don't, I don't remember the Parenthood that much to quote it like that. I know he used to watch it all day, all the time. But um, it wasn't a bad TV spot. I mean, um, being a native Californian, I used to come on Channel 13, if I, if I remember correctly. I don't remember when he <sighs> was it. It was either it was either Fox or it was UPN Channel Thirteen. It was one or the other. I think it was UPN because UPN was like Channel Thirteen across the country somehow. That's where all the okay. black shows were. Yeah. Let me find this damn TV Dad list. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. On this list, Rayvon, top God tier: Cliff Huxtable, Philip Banks, Jason Seaver, Stephen Keaton. Uh, Top tier is Bernie Mac, Michael Kyle. There we go. Bernie Mac is a better TV dad than Carl Winslow. No, he's not, man. No, he's not. Steve Harvey and the Steve Harvey show played a better dad role than Carl Winslow, and Bernie I hate Mac Steve Harvey. Have, Bernie Mac didn't even like them damn kids. Exactly. Like. But he <laughs> took them in. He taught them how to take care of themselves. <laughs> talk shit about them all the time. That's, that's, that's what the Bernie Mac show was. He, he was shitting on the kids to America the whole time. But he took them in and made them better kids and taught them how to live life. What's the difference between them being took in and Carl taking in Urkel? The difference is Bernie didn't abandon his other kids to take in another chick. Bernie had no kids. He didn't abandon his kids. And we'll continue with the list. I'll give you Michael Kyle from uh, My Wife and Kids. Uh, Robert James, Robert Townsend, Robert James from All of Us. Get out of here with that. I disagree with that being top tier all the way. I don't even um, remember all of us. Russell Huxtable from the Cosby Show. Then you got, you might have to read the check. It's blurry on my end. Frank, Frank Costanza, Costanza from Seinfeld. I never cared about Seinfeld. Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Ray Campbell from Sister Sister. Tony Michelli from Who's the Boss. The low top tier is Mr. Gaines from Different World. Carl and Andy Pritchett from Modern Family. Your mid-tier, which is interesting, is Phil Drummond from Different Strokes, Victor Baxter from Vessel Raven. You get him the hell out of here. I'll give you that. James Evans from Good Times. Floyd Henderson from Smart Guy. Julius Rock from Everybody Hates Chris. George Jefferson. Louis Wong from Fresh Off the Boat. Jay Pritchett from Modern Family. Johnny Rose from Shit's Creek. Hal Wilkerson from Malcolm in the Middle. Flex from One on One. Uncle Jesse from Full House, Andre Johnson, and Dan Connor from Roseanne. That is mid-mid. And then your low tier, which is really egregious, Al Bundy, Fred Sanford, Robert Freeman, Homer Simpson, Danny Tanner from Full House, and Pops from Blackish. Even my Carlos Winslow is not on any of these tiers. The disrespect. Serious. The disrespect. I almost crashed my car and looked at my phone. Looking at this damn list. Did you read the ca- <laughs> Would you like me to read the caption? Go ahead. Rayvon needs to hear the caption for sure. The caption <clears throat> says, thank you for joining the special episode, Father's Day episode of These Tears. Just to recap, Carl Winslow only held the family back. <laughs> that, that's, I can stop the caption right there. Carl, Carl held the family back. 
I can't. <laughs> like, wow. The, the, the division over Carl Winslow, if you look at Twitter, is so amazing. I didn't know it was a thing until 2020. I, I kid you not. Well, there you go. It's a thing. Carl ain't hit, Chief. Reminds he at least top five. Carl Winslow? Yes. Yes. So we that 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 ends the debate right there. Just like you, you got your people telling you that Carl Winslow ain't top five. I got one with me telling me, telling me that he deserved to be at least top five. You know what? I'm not even mad at him calling Carl top five because he's tried to stick a lot of bit in real smooth. <laughs> That was just a joke, though. That was just a joke. Okay, yeah. So, I'll let you have this one for the sake of time and because we can do this all day. We're not doing a Nas one today at all. Like, Man said he ain't never feel the urge to be like, yo, let me go listen to that new five Nas. And that is everything yo. that you need to say. That's it. That's it. That's all we need to talk about. That hurt my damn soul. Oh, my God. And it warmed mine so much. Sorry. Ravon, I had to see you some Nas albums, man. Some like some quality Nas. What's the best albums. one? Your favorite one? See, my, my favorite would be see it's different because my favorite is Streets Disciple, which most people is a double disc, which most people wouldn't like. I would say uh Godson. Listen to Godson. Or if you want to listen to something current, uh Life is Good is a great project. Okay. Yeah, start with life is good. Ignore everything else he said. Wow. Wow. All right. For so, the guy who said the massacre is better than Good Richard Die Trying. That, a, that guy. If you take away the impact, you just go album for album, content for content. It's a better album. Now. All right, so I have a, I have a question. So you guys talk about women's wrestling. Who's yeah. your, your top five women's wrestler in history? My number one would be Trish, even calculating today's standards. I think Trish had a big impact. Um, Trish, China, um, it's tough. I'm trying to think uh, other brands and companies as well, Um, notably WCW. I'm drawing some blanks. They really um, didn't have too many in WCW. <laughs> well, they had, I feel like they did. I feel like they had people that came from the over. Oh, that's the thing. Uh, Alundra Blaze um, was huge during her time. She's one of the pioneers. Um, and then I would have to look into more people, more current. Uh, see, most people probably put Lita in there. I never was a really big Lita fan in the ring, personally. So, so I had a. I read an interview a long time ago from Ivory that said wrestling Lita was like wrestling Gumby. And ever since I read that, I was like, that is, that seems very accurate to me. Good way or bad way? In a bad way. You know, I used to really rock with man as a wrestler that I would put in my top five before I announce anybody whose career is still ongoing. I used to rock with Victoria a lot. And I know she had the knee injuries and stuff like that. And, didn't really get to flesh everything out, but I thought she was really good in the ring. No, she's, she was great in the ring, and she's a really dope person. Her and Mickey James are homies. They're the homies. All right, top five. Oh, damn. 
all time. Um, I'm gonna go Jacqueline because she like there was a lot of black women before her, but I feel like she was the one that stuck and made an impact. I'm gonna go China because. She kind of set the bar for a lot of stuff. Right. Uh, I'll go Trish. I'll go. I'm gonna go Luna. Interesting. Because um, Trailblazer, she she was a Trailblazer, and I think I think Medusa might get it. Like, I want to put Mae Young, but it's like, eh, there's too much stuff in your closet, Mae. Like, we can just forget Moolah completely. And Mae, it's like, eh, you're kind of iffy, too, by association. So. I think you just said what uh, I was trying to say, because Medusa, Lundra Blaze, she was Medusa in WCW. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I think I'm going to go with. It's tough. It's really tough, because you got to try to block out the recency bias because there's like a good 10 to 15 years where women's wrestling was just mid and trash in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, even looking, picking through that, it's like nobody really stood out from that time frame. So yeah, that's my top five. What you got, Rayvon? I'm going to go Trish. That's number one, all day, every day. Jacqueline. Gail Kim. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not her... WB days, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the impact days were nice. Um, Gail Kim, uh, Lundra Blaze, Sherry Martell. Oh, I like the sensational like, Sherry. Yeah. I like that. See, I had Gail at number six for me, and then I was also sitting here thinking, I kind of went to put Francine in my list, okay. mm, but she might hit my top. Francine is in my top 10, along with Victoria, Gail Kim. Lita, and then Mickey James rounds out my top ten. Mickey, I say I got Mickey. I got Victoria, Molly Holly. Like I just, it just never ends for me. That'd be my top ten, which is tough. That's one hell of a top ten, though. Yeah, yeah. I think AJ Lee would be in my top ten. She of all time, she had a really strong run, but it was Ooh. short. Ooh. But, it's, but it's like you gotta look at the time of the times. Like she, her impact was huge. Yeah, but if she would have stuck around just a little bit longer when Sasha, Becky, and Bailey and Charlotte got there, if you would have gave me like a year or two at that end, you don't think they're trying to get her back? They definitely trying. She ain't coming that'd, back. That'd, that'd be a huge pop. She ain't coming back unless he come back. Facts. And you know who he is, so I don't think he is itching to suit him up. That would be the biggest pop ever. And also... That I can think of in recent history. Besides have no from this year. You have no fans, so... Kind of got to sit on that one. But yeah, yeah, long, long time. If you want that to happen. So, yeah. That's my top 10. I think we've covered a good bit here today. It was women's wrestling heavy. 
we got into a little bit of what it's like to work inside the E and to be in, um, not BR, but be the middleman, be the responsibility for all these random ass guest hosts that we used to get on Monday Night Raw. Bridge between wrestling and pop culture. Nah, that's dope. Yeah, that's to learn about so many different, like, I, I was always curious, like, how would bringing LeVar Ball and his family to Monday Night Raw would become a thing? Now I know that there's actually a sector for that. Yeah. The whole team. I just feel sorry for whoever had to watch him that day. I know. Uh, with my guess, I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure I know who it was. <laughs> it probably did suck for her. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to Rayvon for joining us. Again, thank you for your time, sir. Like Thanks we said, for having me. Women's heavy. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We always bring you something different with every guest. We don't want it to be the same, contrived. Oh, what about this? What's going on with this? How's your thoughts on this? No, nah, man, we want to keep things fresh. Nice, original here at the Believe in NXT podcast. Again, shout outs to Ray Bond. Said, I'm going to go ahead and let you get some off because we got that look on your face like you want to get a few more things off before we get out of here. Oh, man. I, th- thank you for passing me the ball. I really didn't have much to get off. I'm just glad that we were able to flesh out so many topics of women's wrestling, talk about uh, past, present, future, get some new storylines off. Keep the hashtag live. Let Lana wrestle. And we finally know that Carl Winslow is a top 10 TV dad which is a beautiful thing. Make sure you tune into your your continued episodes Saturday morning audio dope. Uh, watch the Great American Bash. You will see next next week that I will not be purchasing a Cameron Grimes shirt and that I was right about Karen Cross all along. <laughs> That's going to be the theme of these podcasts post-COVID 2020. Cedric's right. Jacob's wrong. Keep in mind, I've literally almost knocked out every prediction show perfectly, <laughs> but I'll let you have that. And um, Carl Winslow is not a top 10 TV dad. If we take out the qualifier of Black, he barely makes it with that qualifier. But you wow. know what? I'm going to let you have it. We're not going to rehash it. If you want to hear that conversation again, just rewind back 10 minutes and tell a friend to subscribe. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in. Doesn't matter how podcasts will travel. You can go to Believe.com, click on Shows, type in NXT, and listen right there if you want. So until we come back and hit you guys upside the head with our usual Wednesday preview and the Saturday morning audio dope, this has been your podcast tag team champs who still need a name. It's coming one day, I promise. I'm Jacob. That said, shout outs again to Ravon for joining us. Said, can we go home? Get out of here. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs>